Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times, and stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in, but you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro, easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome into the Winner's Circle Network, and this is Center Court with Ralph Sampson, another edition. And uh, Ralph, great to see you. A wonderful guest today, just because we've known him forever. You, I know you went to UVA, I get that, but boy, living in Harrisonburg, you followed James Madison and the progress of Madison College to JMU for a long time. So I know this is a thrill for you to, to sit down with Jeff Bourne. Yeah, I mean, Mac, Madison College was all, all girls' school at one point mm-hmm. in time, right? So coming up, growing up, you just heard of Madison College. You never heard of JMU. And then uh, Luther, uh, Coach Gary uh, made it J- JMU, James Madison University, which would become uh, uh, a staple in the community. And it's amazing to see the development of what they've done. So this interview with Jeff is going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to see what, what, what's happened over his career. Yeah, the long term of thinking, you know, 10, 12 years out, whatever it was, and we'll find out from Jeff, but to say, okay, we're going to go Division One, and we have to start somewhere. You know, they won that the FCS uh, championship in 04, but then the football team became such a factor, and then they built a new basketball building, and, you know, Bridgeforth went to 30,000 seats or whatever it is, and they just – they they have just been a factor as far as winning and you know the softball team on national tv and making the run the ncaa everything that they've done jeff has just been the quiet leader behind all of this you know he waves that wand but he he doesn't want any credit and he just kind of stays in the background of, of his leadership and boy it's really paid off for that school athletic oh absolutely if anyone ever meets him he, he's that quiet assassin assassin right mm-hmm. uh he, he has a vision he's been taught well you know, I mean, the, the ties here with us and UVA, whatever, is amazing, but he's been taught well. And, you know, I think he can understand uh, the lay of the land and adjust. Like like I said, he's he's got a big ship over there, but he can maneuver very quickly. Yeah. And uh, so his success is all about who he is, where he's come from, his family, his background, and his love and passion for kids that play college sports. Yeah. Before we, uh, before we get Jeff Bourne on the line, certainly want to wish uh, a guy that we had on in October – 
uh, a Virginia, uh, Virginia alum that you know very, very well, and we know, and who just had such an impact. I think Brian O'Connor said last week he went 88 days from wearing a Virginia uniform to making the show. And we're talking about Ryan Zimmerman, who retired this past week with uh, the Washington Nationals. And in October, you remember when we talked to him in October, he said, I don't know, but I'll figure it out before the holidays. All right. It took a little longer. It took a little longer. It took a little longer. It it could happen. Yeah. But Ryan, how special was his career? I mean, Mac, it's, uh, I mean, he he is UVA baseball, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he, 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 he set the stage. We had him on a show. And the story is amazing, you know, how it took him from UVA to the major leagues to the World Series. And, uh, you know, great guy, obviously, great father, husband. And I'm sure his wife, like, well, I got you home now, but what's next? And, you know, I, I, don't, think, I don't think he's done. Uh, when we interviewed him, like I said before, I, I thought he at least had one more year in him from his tone of voice. But obviously something shifted there. So I'm going to speculate that he'll still be in baseball somewhere. And uh, his next career is going to be even better than his playing career. Yeah, I know you texted him and, and I sent him an email and I said, hey, uh, how does the commissioner's chair sound? Because, exactly, exactly. you know, I think he would be perfect in that role. All right, we're going to go to break. We'll come back. And Jeff Bourne is going to join us, athletic director from JMU. What an outstanding job he has done. And boy, the, it's a school on the move. They've jumped to D1 and Sunbelt, which will take place in a little over a year from now. So anyway, we'll go to break. We'll come right back. This is Center Court, Winner's Circle Network. To get into sports casting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, how do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster? The first thing I ask is, what have you done? Do you have any experience? And the answer is normally nothing yet. It's because they couldn't find a program that provided the real world experience that you need to get started. So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one. Full Sail University, great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sportscasting I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together. I think the financial pressures that exist on us right now are more than they have been in years. That obviously offers a challenge to us, but the type of young person that we've been fortunate enough to recruit to James Madison makes our lives every day enjoyable. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Uplift, empower, educate. Welcome into Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. And Ralph, a very special guest today, a guy we've known for a long time. And uh, if there's anybody that deserves, you know, checks all the boxes and deserves an A, it's this guy. Jeff Bourne, the athletic director at JMU. Ralph, wouldn't you say we've checked a lot of boxes with him? Yeah, the most important box I've checked with him, his wife was my cheerleader in high school. So that's the most <laughs> special thing he's done in his life. And uh, tell her I said hello, but he checks all the boxes for sure, man. <laughs> Jeff, is that true? <laughs> that is true. She had an age today. I'll tell you what, gene-wise, she still looks like she's probably 30. So I got I got very fortunate. And uh-huh. she's uh, she's been a great partner. A lot of what we've been able to accomplish, I will tell you, 
is is directly attributable to her because she's my sounding board and has been for a number of years. It's been great. Oh, that'd be great to be at a dinner and watch you two debate, like whether you should jump to the Sun Belt or, you know, do you, should I fire this coach or hire this coach? I mean, you know, that would be. But that, that would... That's top secret, Mike. You can't, that's like, you know, that's after hour top secret stuff right there. That's right. You're not supposed to talk shop at home, but we do it anyway. And, you know, she's uh, gifted in her own right with regard to her career field and what she does. And I've learned a lot from her uh, back and forth, but it's been, you know, it's, it's good to have a person that's rational minded and, and makes you think. So it's, uh, she's been incredibly helpful through this whole thing. Jeff, from your days at Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, you know, back to Virginia Tech and, and all the things that you were involved in, um, this is such a blanket question and feel free to take 10 minutes to answer it. How much has changed since you put a toe in the water with college athletics? That's 180 degrees from where yeah. it started. Um, you know, it's 30 some odd years ago, 37 years ago. And I, I remember one of the reasons that I got into this because I came from the business side of things into athletics and really ended up getting into it by happenstance. But Dave Brain, the athletic director at Coach Virginia Brain. Tech at the time, uh, got, got me involved and said, hey, if you want to do this, stay in this business, I'll tuck you under my wing and <clears throat> teach you what you need to know. And, and he was my real mentor with regard to it. But what I saw Dave doing and what I do today are two different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dave Brain went to practice. Dave Brain got to spend a lot of time around coaches and student athletes. Um, he was able to take in the real experience, um, what I'll call the true athletic experience. You know, right now, when, when I look at my calendar in the morning and what I do uh, on a daily basis, the time devoted to uh, fundraising, uh, legal issues, uh, protocol within the NCA, trying to deal with a myriad of issues. I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, parental involvement in uh, their kids' matriculation uh, <laughs> <laughs> process and having to deal with parents. Um, that, that's just stuff that you didn't do back then. Those weren't things that, that um, were front and center. And for us today, they end up being real elements of our job and how we're able to navigate. So I find myself, unfortunately, uh, being further removed from the student athletes and from the coaches uh, and be involved in a lot of things that uh, are very different than what we actually started with. Um, I love being around watching the students. I think that's one of the things about when you do what we do in our, in our business, it's, it's really great to see a, a 18 year old come in and watch what happens to them in the span of four or five years and how they grow uh, intellectually, how they, how they become uh, physically changed and, and the way they look and how they're able to then perform on the quarter field uh, athletically. So and they become, you know, they become young people that, that are going to be leaders in society and are going to really be who we bend on one day um, as, as, again, leaders. So I, I appreciate that. And, and it's one of the things that keeps me, uh, I'm able to look at it and it is truly the one piece that has stayed constant, but I don't get to spend near enough time with them. And um, it's, a, it's a challenging field today. We're all very different. The, the power five, the group of five, uh, division one, division two, 
Um, it, it it's just very very different. It, the the division among um, each of these different elements, I think, is going to be even more challenging as we move forward. So. For a guy like me that likes to uh, be strategic and intentional about what we do and to be able to monitor how effective we are at what we're doing, uh, it makes it tough because the runway out there is not very long. Uh, it changes frequently. There are a lot of, of issues that make us navigate in a different direction. And um, I guess it, being nimble might be one of the, the true attributes for us uh, in the field because you have to be willing to, to change and you have to be willing to absorb information that um, can alter that plan. And so for me, um, in, in a nutshell, that's been from a very high level, the major changes that I've seen. Um, and I think uh, we will probably see again more change in the NCA and among our divisions in the next five to seven years than we've seen even right in the last five to 10. So that's, that's kind of an overview. I, I, I don't know that it gets specifically to what you ask, but. Mike, there's a, a lot going on with what he said, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. the key points that I, I you know, recognize is Coach Day brings one, you know, at UVA and University Hall, we always go back to University Hall somehow, some way, most of our conversations where, you know, he had great athletic directors there, you know, uh, Schultz and all whatever, but you, you you have that, but you get to mix and mingle in that one building with athletes and administrative people, right? Today, it's totally different. Everybody's on their own island, doing their own thing. And, and so I, I resonate with that and uh, hearing you speak, but also understanding uh, then and now and the things you have accomplished at JMU with the new Atlantic Union Arena, uh, you talk about the athletic director have to fundraise, so you, you got to wear many hats uh, in what you do and not really enjoy what you want to do, which is mixing in with the athletes, right? So it's, it becomes tough to do that job, one, but also the fundraise is kind of amazing that you've done what you've done. And I want to go back to early in the year because I was at the game. How significant in your fundraising was beating Virginia on that court when, it, you know, when COVID going on? And it's for the opening arena and it got postponed. So maybe it was like definitely fate, right? That you got that game at that time and beat Virginia. Did that help in any way fundraising wise? Because it was an amazing game to watch. And I was, you know, sad that Virginia lost, but I was glad that jam you won. So I like I had to be in both both kind of squads. <laughs> well, just keep in mind we were at Virginia and they returned the favor on the early end of that over at Yes, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You got, it, you, got, you got it back. You got it back. Yeah, we took our medicine that year. Um, I, I think the, for me, the, my background has always been, uh, entrenched in fundraising. And I remember the days of when I was at Virginia tech, one of the things I used to do was collaborate with my peers at the university of Virginia, uh, from a marketing and fundraising side, because we would work together on a lot of joint projects, you know, Wood Selig, who's now the athletic director at ODU, he and I worked together a lot on that end. And, we were able to share uh, best practices and even um, a common effort towards some of our sponsors back then. So it worked out well. My, so my, my background has always been in fundraising. And when I went with Dave to Georgia Tech, um, I became even more uh, engrossed in it, having worked closely with Alexander Tharp Fund there and 
I don't know whether I've said it or not, but when I was at Virginia Tech, I knew fundraising was going to be important. I asked Dave during when we were going through the university capital campaign, I said, can I work in fundraising for two days a week? And he said, you can, but you're going to have to get your work done. So basically, I was <laughs> working a good full seven days a week then for him. And, and, and 15 hours a day, you know. So. <laughs> so he let me do it, and it was really good because they assigned me to the president during that thing. And I was sort of the president's guy to drive him around and go to events and do things with him. So I learned a lot there. That, I think, is one of the reasons I probably got the job at JMU is because we were at a juncture where we, we really had to build everything. And all of our facilities basically now are, are renovated or new. And the, the AUBC has really been a cornerstone for us because we waited a while to build it because we wanted to build all the support facilities into it, like the practice arena and all the student-centered elements, nutrition and academics and, you know, the, the host of everything we needed there was sports and uh, medicine and strength and conditioning. So being able to fundraise uh, was a critical part. There's no way at JMU we would have the facilities we had today if it weren't for the fundraising element behind us. So I, I so respect uh, my colleagues at the University of Virginia. Uh, and I think the world of, of Tony as a coach, he's such, such a great example for young coaches to follow and such a class person. And, you know, that to be able to win that game was very special. Um, but you, you look at it and go, boy, you know, UVA gets beat in this facility, but how they handle themselves and the class and the way that they, they handle the program is something that I truly admire. No unseated team has ever won the first two games at the World Series. But no other unseated team has ever had Odyssey Alexander. In the air, short center. Jubas is out. Gordon is in. Jubas has the ball. And the dance continues for James Madison. Odyssey Alexander and the James Madison Dukes are staying in the winner's bracket. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back, Center Court Winner's Circle Network. Our guest, a very special friend, Jeff Bourne, who is the athletic director at James Madison and uh, really has just done such an outstanding job. And I want to go back before the Sunbelt jump, Jeff, because your football program five, six, seven, eight years ago just really started to make headlines. You guys were in the FCS every year, every year, you know, uh, trying to get to Frisco, playing North Dakota every year. You know, you guys were getting a lot of TV exposure. How much did that did that football drive year after year after year? How much did that help? Well, it started back in 2004 when we won the first football championship, and that's about the time we started building facilities because it, it took us five or six years to raise enough money and get in a place where we felt like we could start to keep our programs competitive. Um Anybody that's in athletics knows it's all about recruiting, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about having the right student athletes and, and coaches that can recruit them. So 04 kicked off and we kept the aspirations high. Uh, we always said, you know, our goal at JMU is to make sure before our kids graduate, they get an opportunity to have an NCAA championship experience. They need to win a conference championship and get into the NCAAs. That's an important experience. We felt like each young person should have at least once in their tenure uh, at JMU. And we did that not just in one sport, but we did it in all of them. And um, football, 
of course, started its ascent uh, in order to get us there. We've had, had several really good coaches that that yep. have brought us to a good place, and and I respect each one of them for what they've – the impact that they've had on JMU. Uh, it's allowed us each time to be able to, to even go out and find, I think, a coach that is still a strong fit and very good for the institution. And we tell them, you know, you, you're going need to need to win, but you got to be able to keep your academic – uh, right. standards extremely high and we just recently uh, uh, JMU's tough academically but the student our, our student athletes actually eclipsed the GPA of the general student body and our graduation rate exceeds them now which is already extremely high so I'm really proud of that as much as I am the winning that we've had mm -hmm. but FBI I mean FCS football and competing at the national level was was really important for us it was a great a uh, place for our kids to compete, great way for them to get a national championship ring and have a special experience. But having gone through that multiple times, um, honestly, over the last five or six years, uh, or last three or four years, some of it started to wane. I think our fan base said, look, this is great, but are we, are we really where we need to be uh, during the season? Are we competing with schools that want to compete and we've had institutions that have left us over the years losing ODU was a tough blow right. JMU not being able to play Appalachian State which is one of our main rivals was a tough blow and those are schools that when you look at the type of institution and how they fund their athletic programs and where their athletic programs are those are really our peers I mean we're a, we're not a small private we're 22, 23,000 students with large new facilities and mm -hmm. competing in that realm was important for us. So that was really the precursor to, to looking at F, FBS. But I would tell you it's something that we've looked at for over a 10-year period of time. And we always felt like potentially if the mix was right, it's something we'd be interested in, but we did not hurry to get there. It goes back again to being intentional and I think strategic about if you go, can you be successful and can you win? And that's one of the things that we've always looked at. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, you, you see the, the evolution of the, the flow chart here where it climbs a little bit every year, but you don't go so fast that you can't be successful. You build a base and a fundamental. It's like with the, 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 the new arena, but I mean, I, obviously when I was younger, I was at Godwin Hall every day playing against everybody and the football field was just bleachers. Now you see like two, I mean, it's amazing what's been done there over the years. Uh, but I'll go back to the early 2000s when, you know, you were doing this. So you had the vision from then to now, the fundraising efforts as well. But what, you know, I would go back and I coached there with Lefty as well. Dr. Carrier, you know, I, I mean, he was a beast in this market, right? I mean, he started some of these things I think he was totally different from a president that I've ever seen at a university. And, and, and so his philosophy, I think, still is at JMU. He got a lot of money from the state or where he got it from. But he was very unique in this process, I think. What's your opinion about Dr. Carrier? Oh, that's a great, that's a great uh, observation, Ralph. It was. Uh, Dr. Carrier was a visionary, and he really had a vision for JMU down the road. It's one of the reasons in 1977 he changed the name from Madison College right, right. to J JMU. And decided to actually support men's sports programs here in addition to the women's programs. We already had a very successful women's athletic program, but <clears throat> adding the men's side really did do what he'd hoped. It built the, men, the student body to where it was more balanced, men and women. 
And it started to engage our public because I, I, everybody would ask me, you know, why do you have a football program? Why are you trying to compete? Well, in the fall from, from early September all through October, November, that brings back thousands and thousands of alumni at our campus. And it's an engaging point. And it also serves then as a springboard for all of our other programs. We go right into basketball and it, you know, it's a, it's a perfect complement to that. But again, I think his vision was good. Um, he did the right things. He supported it. Linwood Rose, who followed him, yep, yep, yep. Uh, was the same way. Lynn was, uh, had been a protege of carriers for years and built the model. Um, Lynn was actually the president that, that uh, was here when I was hired. So I got to know him. And then when John Alger came along, John had, has, has uh, you know, carried on the same general philosophy as, as what the culture is at JMU. It's a, it's a very engaging uh, campus, very social driven. Yep, yep. And it's one that uh, athletics plays a really, really prominent part and who we are as an institution. So, but it's got to start with vision. And you were exactly right. Cute story on Ron. Ron uh, retired, moved to my neighborhood, and Ron and I became wine sharing friends. Uh, he lived around the corner. And he and I both enjoy wine, and, and we'd go out and look on the front steps, and there'd be a bottle of wine by the post. And my wife, Mary Lou, would say, Hey, Ron's left you another bottle. But that means you need to reciprocate. And uh, right, right. So we spent, I got to hear a lot of his philosophy over the, over time, being able to share wine with him. But, uh, just a truly remarkable guy. Absolutely, absolutely. Ralph, even wine competitive. How about that? Wine, oh, wine hey, I mean, <laughs> I, Dr. Cam, I mean, trust me, I've been to his house. I mean, he, 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 I mean, he's was a unique uh, character in, at GMU, but I mean, you, 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 he had his stamp on, uh, on this city and that university for sure. Yeah. So Jeff, when, when you start, when you looked at it and you're saying, okay, it's a 10 year plan or, and we're going to get to, to D1. So that that's our goal the steps was building bridge forth and expanding bridge forth. Was that the step you needed to take first? Now, granted, I realize you have to raise money. I get that. But to, to expand bridge forth, was that the first step that was necessary? You had to start somewhere. And the most logical step was football because mm -hmm. uh, basketball, they're really, we were able to still keep Godwin going and, and it was okay for us. It wasn't great, but it was okay. But football really needed help. To Ralph's point, I mean, it was a field with some bleachers out from it. And, you know, when I first came here in 99, uh, I, my wife and I go to the game, and there weren't many people in the stands. And finally, close to halftime, people would show up, and I was excited that we're getting some fans to the game. And then they'd watch the band play, and they'd leave. Said, <laughs> yeah, they had a good band. They did have a good band. we got a yeah. great band, right? Our yeah, band yeah. is like – I said, if we can ever find a way to get our sports programs to rival <laughs> where our band is, we'd be the real deal. So we've worked hard over the years to, to, to do that. We have a great relationship with them. We work closely together. But, yeah, the, the, the expansion um, was important. And that – there was a plan generated back in the beginning, and we've – worked on it but this stadium still designed ultimately to go to 40,000 if we needed to right now it seats about 25 or 26 and uh it's it's really built for the next stages if if and when it's needed mm -hmm. and we'll get to that point there will be a day when we're going to need to expand but um there's a whole host of facilities and I'll go back to one thing Ralph said early that that they had at Virginia that I really did uh, appreciate because we had it at Georgia Tech and that was 
everybody was under one roof in athletics. Right. And there's a lot to be said for that. Absolutely. We unfortunately aren't, we aren't that way. We have the Amer the union bank center, which is up for the basketballs. We have Memorial field, which is baseball and softball's home. We're getting ready to take the old convocation center and turn it into a sports home for a lot of the sports in Godwin. And then we'll still have the center sports here around uh, bridge four stadium. So we're all spread out. So whenever you need to get folks together, you have to rally them up to a central point. And that's, it's it, it we can make it work. It's not ideal. So, you know, to me, I, I, we still want to keep this uniqueness that we have, but um, facilities are really the key. I mean, it's what brings recruits to you and it helps you get great coaches. And in the end, it's what allowed us in the colonial to win so many conference championships. We're excited for this. I think it's uh, it's a wonderful new chapter for JMU um, to, to be a member of the Sun Belt and what that will afford. The fact that we'll be having FBS games in the stadium this fall is an exciting day for us. Uh, without the Sun Belt's willingness to help us get four games in addition to the Middle Tennessee game, I, I don't know we could have pulled that off. Building a game plan for life. It's basketball and beyond. We return to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Welcome back, Center Court Winter Circle Network, and our guest is Jeff Bourne, Athletic Director at JMU, and what a move! And they, you know they've jumped to the Sun Belt now, and uh, we'll we'll start play very very soon. So, Ralph, you were right in the last segment in talking about the unity of an athletic department, how important it is. Yeah, it's very important. So, I mean, and, and Jeff, you was talking about it earlier with the dynamics of the NCAA possibly changing over the next five to seven years with the name, image, and likeness with the NFC, all this stuff that's happening now in, in sports, right? That's a game changer around the country, one. And two, as I alluded to in the last segment, was uh, was meeting the new football coach at, at UVA the other day. And I walk in and I meet the defensive staff and the offensive staff, and, and Matt Chris Slade mm -hmm. is there as one of the one of the uh, coaches. And we hug, and I, we, we always talk. We haven't seen each other in a while since I moved from Atlanta. But – that unity right there is part of uh, what we do. But I also see the significant difference in that unity. And Jeff, you mentioned fundraising. You know, you want to go back to your athletes and say, you know, either come back to the school or can you fundraise back to the program? And sometimes there's a disconnect with, with that. I know at UVA there is because I see it plainly. But with you, I think it may be a little bit different with the JMU athletes because I know some of the JMU athletes that may come back or, or you, you network with to either fundraise or bring them back to say hello to the fans or the boosters as well. What's your opinion about this whole two-point question, name, image, and likeness today? Because it, it's, it's a different world. To the athletes that leave there and graduate that go off and maybe become successful. I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm recalling right, the guy that built the Madison Hotel was a, a previous football player. So he's come back and built a massive hotel uh, the Madison Hotel in school. So he's been successful, right? So you can show that. But what's your opinion about this whole transition now? Because uh, you, you've seen it all. Well, we, we do uh, work really hard to, to try to keep people in the fold. And one thing we've realized, ironically, at, Virginia, at JMU, the, the, the rate of giving back is not anywhere near where we need it to be. Um, it, not just among the alumni, but even with some of our student athletes. And we're working harder um, trying to emulate some, actually some of the things you guys have done at Virginia. I think Virginia does a wonderful job of stressing the importance of giving back. Um, I was at my nephew's uh, graduation there a couple of years ago and I came back to my staff and I said, in the course of the day, 
I heard the UVA folks on seven different occasions talk about the importance of giving back. And so you have to do that while there's students here and help them understand it, know how it played into their performance and things they had to, to give back. So we continue to do that. The whole myriad of NLI, uh, the portal and how that's changed things has really, I don't know. I don't know where that's going to go because to me, I, I get the NSA once out of the business of monitoring what schools do, but it's going to be very difficult for schools long-term to be competitive in the NLI business, uh, especially group of five schools. Power five can probably do it, but right now there's not an inherent pressure in the group of five to do it very much. Um, but basically you're encouraging student athletes to come to your institution based on at times financially what they're going to stand the potential to get and you can call that whatever you want, but it comes back to being competitive in your recruiting process. And I don't know how that's going to work out. I don't know where the NC has to come back and try to find a way to put a cap on it, but when you look at what Texas A&M did and the amount of money that they've spent down there in the last number of months with NLI, it's going to be interesting. You want to help kids. You want to allow kids have an opportunity if they can use resources and, and generate money. I think that's good, but I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, for me, that's going to be a big, that's going to be a big issue going forward for, for at least group of five schools. It will be for us. We've got it. We're going to talk to our board about it this afternoon when we meet about where we are and what the pressures are and what where they aren't. Um, but it, it is going to be, as we look at the dividing wedge between schools going forward, I can see that as a major barrier between the group of five and the power five. And I think I speak on behalf of a lot of my peers that would say the same thing. When you uh, when you look at your 2021 and uh, and I said something about Odyssey and the softball drive, which had to be a lot of uh, fun for you guys. And and I would think meant a lot, not only to the program, but to your alums, of course, kind of national TV. And you got these athletes that are just and then Odyssey became the darling of the, you know, the softball <laughs> uh, world, world, which was oh, it was so much fun uh, to watch. I was glued. Uh, so with that, then, Jeff, and then making the I guess the question is, so did. The alums not put pressure, but where they said you'd get letters and emails say, hey, Jeff, how about how about hey, Mr. Athletic Director, how about that D1 move? Can we do it? When can we do it? And so the, the timing of that and being able to navigate that. Well, there, there's always been pressure to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, when you when you have a peer like like ODU leave, everybody doesn't want to see them leave. They want to be able to keep those relationships. Mm -hmm. Um for us, it was, where's the viable opportunity? What makes sense? We're not going to travel to Texas with our volleyball team and baseball team on a regular basis for two or three schools or down into Louisiana. That does right. not make not sense happen. for us. Mm -hmm. And so it had to be, and I kept using the old analogy, Ralph, you love this, you and Mac. Hmm. Let's go back to more what the original Atlantic Coast Conference was. Yes, sir. Years yeah, right ago, there, where you had a footprint where you could develop rivalries, you could yep. actually get to the opposing school in a reasonable amount of time. Your student athletes could go and compete and not miss as much class. Yep. Yep. Let's go back to something more like that. And as I told our fans, if and when that ever develops, we will consider it because it would make sense to us. But the way the models were put together prior to that, it did not make sense. Mm. It certainly didn't for us. 
And this last move where the Sunbelt had this Eastern division established and where we're looking at finding ways to compete divisionally, that makes sense. Right. Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Coastal, uh, Marshall, JMU, Appalachian, that makes sense. That Now, you certainly have schools in the other division, but those competitions will be minimized in your travel. Mm -hmm. Most of your travel will be within that belt. To me, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's when we started looking at it. You know, the, the having softball do what they did, God, talk about a great group of kids <laughs> and coaches, uh, just love them to death. And that, from a recognition standpoint, I think put the ex explanation mark on where we were and what we've done. It, and it also points to the potential that we have going forward as an institution. Yeah, I think that, that helped. And one of the catalysts about that, I mean, I mean, Mac, everybody in Harrisonburg, I mean, you could not go down past the old high school that I went to because it was full of people, ESPN. I mean, it was crazy. I'm like, what is this? But it was amazing to watch. And you see television, you see the girls get off the bus and the fans are there, like they went in national. I mean, it, it was amazing to watch. So I commend you on that as well. But the piece of that, and I know this whole Sunbelt thing and, and everything you're doing because, you know, you said it works because it works financially, right? Because you don't have to, to travel. I mean, most people don't understand. I mean, football for sure is, is massive in the mouth of money every year. You got to spend to keep that program going, right? And then the travel is one, but also getting the kids back. Uh, to, to, you mentioned missing class. I mean, and be educated because your graduation rate is high. So I commend you for that as well. But that was the vision. And now you see it working, right? You see it working to your vision that took 10 years to get to. And now hopefully this uh, community in Harrisonburg, but also the president and state are watching you do what you do because it's working. So how do you feel about now that it's working? You saw it coming, but I'm sure you had your ups and downs with that with people. I'm just, this not going to work. You, you, you're crazy. <laughs> You'll get fired or whatever it be. But now you see it working. So what's next for Jeff? What, 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 what do you do next? What do you do now? Well, I mean, this transition is going to take a while. It's, it's, it's one thing to say you're going to do it. It's another thing to make it happen. And I would say the other part is we're making a move, not just to make a move. We want to go into this league and be really successful. Uh, I want our kids to still win championships. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that's going to be making sure that we transition and do the right things for them. And I've, again, I've been doing this a long time. So uh, before I hang up my cleats and, and don't do it anymore, I want to make sure that, that, you know, our trajectory is good and we're in a good place and our coaches can be successful uh, and that the resource base is there for us to continue to grow. Um, it was on my checklist of things to do at JMU. I will tell you, is one of the last major things. Uh, mm -hmm. AUBC was one to finish up facilities with that, but having an opportunity to get in this different league and one that I think is a better fit for us long-term was really a key. So I can wake up every morning and, and, and feel good about where we are. You don't, you're not the kind of guy who wants the praise because you want it for your team. And you've certainly done an outstanding job at JMU over the years and stayed the, stayed the course and God, just the, the advancement. And that's why we wanted you on the show to give us the, the leadership details and how you did it. So congratulations on everything. Please tell coach Byington, we said hello and uh, we wish all the best. And uh, as you continue to continue to, to build buildings, build bleachers and, uh, and get to the NCAA tournament, we think that's super. Appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Anything I can do, let me know. Definitely tell the wife I say hello and uh, 
We, we will play horse soon. I mean, one of these days, we're going to play horse. <laughs> I'm on back. it. We're going to videotape it, and we're going to have her cheerleader. She probably still can wear her outfit. They should have quite great shape from, from, from high school, right? She probably still can wear the same outfit, knowing her. All right, Jeff Bourne, right, thank, thank you. This is Center Court Winter Circle Network. Ralph and I return with a wrap-up after this. Hi, this is Mac McDonald, host of Center Court. I've known Ralph Sampson for over 40 years. I watched him grow as a basketball player, achieving greatness at the University of Virginia and at the professional level. I always admired his work ethic and the things he did to be the best. Since he founded the Sampson Family Foundation, so many people, young and old, have benefited from Ralph's efforts. The mission for the foundation is simple, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. If you'd like to learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift, empower, educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. Welcome back, Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. And uh, Ralph, I love the visit with Jeff. As I said, I haven't really talked to him in quite a while, but uh, certainly have followed uh, James Madison over the last whoa, 10 years and all their, all their pushes as far as their football program, the softball run last spring. Uh, you know, with Odyssey, he was so, it was just so instrumental. And so uh, he, he's done just a great job of putting them in position to leave the CAA and be a part of the Sunbelt Conference. Well, you know, Jeff is, you know, as we discussed a little bit, but he's um, part of the fabric of JMU and the Valley. You know, his wife uh, with the cheerleader, Amon, in high school. So he understands the climate. But, I mean, think about it, Matt. Gordon, you know, D1 football, the JMU, the new arena, uh, the Atlanta Union Bank Center is kind of great. I mean, now they are a D1 basketball program. Uh, high-end D1 basketball program. Yo, later, it was a, a lower-end D1 with the convocation. They needed a new facility, but now they have it. You know, obviously, they beat Virginia this year in basketball, um, which was a great win for them, and everybody swarmed the court. I was at that game. Mm -hmm. But he's done an amazing job, and, uh, you know, uh, you got to watch out now. Sky's the limit. Hopefully, he doesn't retire soon is my question, right? <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, this week, and uh, Ralph and I are going to be talking about it, there – uh, there were press releases there. Uh, Ralph is still, you know, tweaking a menu. He's uh, he's tasting pale ales. Ralph, <laughs> the, the, the restaurant is becoming a reality, isn't it? Yeah, it's a reality. It's just a couple weeks away, maybe or less. And um, I, I'm, I've been in it every day uh, this past week and seeing things develop and come and making some changes here and there and the other. But now the fun part starts. We get to hang pictures and start to place things where they go and start to put the chairs down. And the final, you know, the final touches are always the, uh, the, the issue, making sure everything is perfectly right. And so we, we, we're close, but we still got to work with the city of Charlottesville to get the CEO to get in. But um, I think it's going to happen sometime in the next week or two, Matt. Uh, Ralph, the, uh, the fun, one of the fun, well, you're talking about the pictures and I agree that that's gotta be fun. Kind of the decoration part. And of course, with your career, as a backdrop to the restaurant, but how about going through each menu item 
and having tasting parties. I that's that's worth a trip. That's worth a week of me coming to Charlottesville. I mean, it it, it has been almost every week for the last four weeks. Uh, I think we'll do another one soon with with some other powers to be called Charlene and maybe Tony Bennett's wife or Tony, if we can get him over. But uh, the, the the ability to do that, you know, you have t- a tasting with the food, but you have every vendor out there that want, wants to be in the restaurant from wine to beer to soda, whatever. Right. Sure. And they always bring these cases of stuff. Best thing with that, Mac, you end up taking some of that stuff home and you want to, you know, you like, I can taste this. I can taste that. So that's been fun. Uh, and then we tweak it, we taste it, we tweak it, and then we come back next week and see if we can refine it more. So that part, uh, I didn't know how fun that would be, uh, but it's you sit there for two or three hours and just taste everything on the menu, and you can't <laughs> eat everything, but you got you got to watch it because you get really full real quick, and uh, then you you got to wash your taste buds down. I mean, it's it's kind of fun to do, but uh, oh, no you know, restaurants restaurants a lot of work. Uh, and I can tell people too, uh, I'll give a little plug because the website is americantaphouse.com, right? It's that simple, americantaphouse.com. Absolutely. That's, that's it. And then went out there, went, I mean, we're still looking for a few people to work, maybe a hostess here. Mm-hmm. we got a great team uh, coming as well, but anybody wants, wants to join us, just go to that website and uh, come get an interview down at the uh, Draftman Hotel and uh join our team but uh to me Meg, when you get to that level we got a team together we got a great manager and um you know i think we poised to you know build something special uh that's gonna be fun well ralph have a good weekend and uh i will see you next week it uh we've got a, a a scheduled guest and a taste of hollywood next week so that ought to be fun so for ralph samson i'm mac mcdonald and that's center court on the winner circle network You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.